0: Happy anniversary. You know how sometimes in life you just have to shake your head and say, wow. After 39 years of blood, sweat, and tears serving the same local church and pastoral ministry, I've managed to go from speaking to a group of maybe 45 adults in a small banquet room at the local Holiday Inn to speaking to just my lovely wife, Diana, in the family room of my home. I got to say, I didn't see that coming 39 years ago. Well, for that matter, I didn't see it coming six months ago either. And I want to acknowledge that the picture behind me, I get that it's blurry. I understand that. But again, remember, it's 39 years old. It's been in a photo album for all that time and then scanned and enlarged way beyond its intended purpose. Before I jump into my message today, I I want to acknowledge that I know many of you are wondering about when we'll be gathering again to worship in person. While I don't have an answer for you on that today, I can assure you that there is barely a waking hour that I'm not thinking, uh, studying, or praying about that very subject matter. As soon as we have a plan, we will do everything possible to communicate the next steps to you. Now, as you might expect, on the anniversary Sunday, in the midst of a global pandemic, Uh, when everyone has seen hopes and dreams and expectations drastically altered. It was very, very tempting for me to go heavy on the nostalgia. However, today I just want to talk for a few minutes about what I'm calling the characteristics of a caring community. I'm going to be using Paul's letter to the Philippians and his relationship to the people at Philippi as a basis for much of what I say. And I want to emphasize that these characteristics uh, must have an individual component before they can become a corporate or a group factor. So the first of these characteristics is what I'm calling a sense of calling. To understand Paul's relationship with the people of Philippi, it helps to remember how he ended up starting a church there. Unlike today, it had nothing to do with demographic research and it had nothing to do with a multi-site venue that became an independent church. But, so I want to think about Paul's calling. And it starts back in Acts chapter 13, long before Philippi was on the radar. We read in Acts chapter 13, it says, Now the church in Antioch, <clears throat> there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, who later becomes Paul. While they were worshiping and the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So God had called Paul before Philippi was even on the radar. <clears throat> Then fast forward a little bit, and Paul is traveling around the region, taking the message of Christ to those he encounters. We pick up in Acts chapter 16, and it says, Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Now they came to the border of Mysia they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. And I, I hear twice that, that the Holy Spirit has said, no, don't go there. And I always wonder, I just mentioned to Diana this morning, I always wonder what that looks like, how the Holy Spirit saying, Nope, stop, you're not going there. But either way, it took place. So they passed by Misha and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And Philippi was a city in Macedonia. So there is a clear calling that God had for Paul that got him to Philippi. So this church was founded uh, with a deep sense of calling. The people of Philippi also shared Paul's calling. <clears throat> Some of you have been listening along, know that for the past couple of weeks I've talked about Philippians chapter 1. And remember a part of that, Paul's talking about his relationship and how he gives thanks for them every time he remembers them. And he speaks about their partnership in the gospel from the first days until he's writing this letter and his confidence that God will bring to completion the good work he started. So when I talk about a characteristic of a sense of calling for a caring community, I say, what about us, the people who have the audacity to call themselves Caring Community Church? What is our calling? If you look at our website, you find a statement that says, we are a Christ-centered, family-focused community where people of all ages are invited, welcomed, and challenged to passionately live out a love relationship with God, spreading his love to the world beyond our walls. Sounds like a calling to me. What might that look like? In Ezekiel chapter 22, God is speaking through the prophet Ezekiel, and God talks about, he, he says it this way, he says, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and would stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one God saying I'm looking for people who will stand in the gap between me as a righteous and loving God and a broken and dying world I think that's a calling people and Then Jesus when he's speaking in his famous Sermon on the Mount He talks about a calling for us to become salt and light basically saying we're, we're about offering hope and direction to a lost and decaying world. And friends, look around. People need that from us right now, us offering hope and direction to a world that is desperately struggling, a sense of calling. Another characteristic of a caring community is a sense of community, And some of you know, at times I like to look to the dictionary uh, when I'm using a word, and the dictionary uses these phrases to talk about community. A unified body of individuals, a body of persons with common interests or objectives, or joint ownership and participation. Let's break those down a bit. A unified body of individuals, that's by choice. Not, no one can make us a caring community except for you we each have to make that choice thinking about the philippian church in that church there were romans there were greeks and there were hebrews now the romans were part of an occupy, occupying force in the greek's land and the hebrews were there who were also under the roman domination so in this one local church, you have these very diverse nationalities that have come together. In that same church, you have wealthy merchants, and you have prison guards, and you have everything in between. Yet they made choices to be unified with a sense of community. You had people who were born Jews this is a movement based upon the teachings of a Jew and people looking for a Jewish Messiah. And if you read your New Testament, all well, you understand that the Jews kind of thought, spiritually, they were way better than everybody else, sometimes suggesting Gentiles were just dogs. And so you have Jews in this church who are also worshiping and growing together in Christ with Gentiles. And then you have pagans who, whose belief system was kind of all over the map but not rooted in the same heritage that the Jews were. But yet they chose to be unified. And one of the ways that took place is their common interests and objectives. In their situation, they were unified or drawn into community because of their commitment to live for Christ, even though they were different. They were striving to survive and live and even thrive in a world that opposed Christ followers, that literally worked against them. And they were unified in a common interest and objective of transforming a broken and dying world. And again, while the Philippian situation was years and years and years ago, that challenge sounds incredibly contemporary and relevant. And then that definition of community also spoke of joint ownership and participation some of you will remember what i said last week about moms imagine if you and i chose to apply those same principles to the christ followers with whom we worship and serve on a regular basis i have you on my mind i'm thinking about you i'm concerned about you i have you in my heart I have feelings of love and support and compassion and empathy for you, and I have you in my prayers. I'm consistently asking God to intercede and interject himself into your life to help meet you at a place of need. If you think about it, could a group really be a caring community if that were not the case? I have you on my mind. I have you in my heart. I have you in my prayers. And as I think about the circumstances in which I'm speaking to you today, I wonder if this has ever been more important in the history of our church than it is right now, a sense of community. And then the other characteristic I would comment on is what I'm calling a sense of commitment. And Paul's relationship with the Philippians emphasizes that in three different ways. First of all, they demonstrate for us that in order to be a caring community, there must be a clear commitment to the person of Christ. That is the most important and the most effective unifying element. That's how Greeks and Hebrews and Romans could all come together, because of a commitment to the person of Christ. Paul puts it this way a little bit later in Philippians chapter 1. "'For I know that through your prayers "'and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, "'excuse me, for I know that through your prayers "'and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, "'what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. "'I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, "'but will have sufficient courage "'so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, "'whether by life or death.'" For me, to live as Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart to be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ will abound on account of me. Just imagine the strength to be found in a group sharing that level of commitment to the person of Christ. Jesus always matters more than me. Wow. A sense of commitment also applies to the purpose of Christ. Christ Christ-like living and Christ-like serving. The next verse after where I stopped before Philippians one twenty-seven, Paul says, whatever happens, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel wow commitment to the purpose of christ imagine the unity in a group where everyone is equally committed to the purpose of living in a manner worthy of the gospel of christ the mission matters more than me and then also when i think about a sense of commitment i think about a commitment to the people of christ We said the person of Christ. We said the purpose of Christ. But Paul also speaks to the the importance of being committed to the people of Christ, those with whom we share community. Philippians chapter 2 is where he addresses this. And just, just let this soak in. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion... Paul says, Then make my joy complete complete by being like minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you looking to the interests of the others. Imagine. The love, support, and encouragement to be found in a group where others matter more than me. Up to this point, I've drawn heavily from Paul's relationship with the church at Philippi. But the Apostle Paul also has some insight on what it might look like to be a caring community. And I'm going to wrap things up with some of his words from 1 Peter chapter 4. He says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We're to be faithful stewards of the abundance of God's grace. If anyone speaks, they should do do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever. Amen. Friends, the last three months have made it painfully clear that there will always be things about our future that we just don't know. That's true for us individually and that's true for us as a congregation. We do not know what the next year will hold for this church nor do we know what the next 39 years hold. However, I'm confident that in order for us to keep growing as a caring community it will require each of us continually making the choice to embrace a sense of calling, to embrace and lean into a sense of community, and to have a deep sense of community to the purpose of Christ, to the person of Christ, and to the people of Christ with whom we are on our faith journey. Pray with me. Father, I thank you so much for the privilege of being a part of a caring community for the past 39 years. And Father, I thank you so much for what you have in mind for this group over the next 39 years. You know what it is. We don't. Just help us to walk in obedience. Help us to be ever mindful of the importance of doing our part to help a community be a caring body of Christ's followers. I thank you and I praise you in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.